Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the fabulous Wordy Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, Wooderson Slater, and with me always is the good old Rabbit. What's up, Rabbit? What's up? First podcast of 2022. It only... It only took us, what is it, 21 days into the new year to make one. 21. Off, that's, that's, uh, you know what, I love it. Off to a great start. We should have did, we should have done this tomorrow. I mean, 22 days, in 22 days and in 20, oh, fuck it, I'm so stupid. You know, I, I hated those people that, like, uh, just, like, post on social media. It's like, today is uh, 0-2-0-2-0-2, you know? It's like, it doesn't mean anything. It's arbitrary. You know, Okay, time is a construct. But but just because you brought it up, and I talked about this literally yesterday at work. If I ever, and I hope I don't have kids, if I ever have one, after it turns one year old, I'm not going to do that. Oh, it's 18 months, 17 months. It's one year old. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, they're one. And then, like, like, I don't get why people like, why do I have to keep counting the months after they turn one? Why don't people say one? It's like they only start that shit when they turn two. Like it's perfect. I feel like it's fine to say, "Oh, they're they're one, one year old." Not, well, not- well, well. When it comes to baby clothes, they are broken down by the month because a eighteen month old will be fundamentally bigger than a twelve yeah. month old. Not jamboree, so you don't need to tell me your baby's eighteen months. You be like, "It's one year old," because I'm like, then I'm thinking in my head, like, "Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a and, you know, so I'm like, I hate the are, are are you and I are we thousands of months old? Yeah, I don't know. Are we? Are we hundreds of months? See, there's that's twelve. In a, look, twelve in a year. Don't go together. <laughs> so don't make me do that. All right. Now, all right. Off that, I told you I had a, a story I wanted to tell you to kick off the podcast. I'm really excited about it. Um, I mean, it's a, okay, here we go. So I'm at work and everybody, if you don't know, I work at Fisherman's Wharf here in San Francisco. So uh, a lot of people will travel and come around there walking around. It's a morning. Our first cruise has not left yet. And I see this guy come around the corner and I recognize him right away. And I am not good at seeing celebrities. Like I don't, First, when I worked at the hotel, it's been drilled in my mind. You know, if you see a celebrity, you cannot go and, oh, can I take your picture? Oh, my God, I'm such a... So I don't do that. And then I just almost just play it super subtle, super cool. And I'm just like, hey, how are you doing? Have a, nice, have a nice day. And then, like, then when they leave, I'm like, fuck, why didn't I say anything? Why? They're so... Like, we could have got them to go on the boat. But anyway, um, for me and you, I feel like this is a big deal, Rabbit. I saw Joel Murray this morning. You know, Bill Murray's brother, he's in one of our favorite movies we talk about at least once a year, One Crazy Summer. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, like, like a lot of people are going to be like, they're not, he's big in the comedian world and he, he travels now with the Who's yeah. Line doing that. But yeah, I turned around and there he was and I knew he was and I wanted to say something, but I just played it cool. And I was like, hey, how's it going? Have a nice day. And as soon as he left, I was like, oh, guys, it's Joel Murray, Bill Murray's brother. He's in all these movies. It's great. And then and I was like hoping he'd come by. And then I was like, oh, huge fan. Want to go on the boat? Shit like that. But I didn't. It didn't, didn't happen. You could have. You you could have. I'm sure he would have really appreciated that. I know. And I could think of all the story, behind the scenes stories we could have got of making one crazy summer. You know what I mean? Like we, because you've talked about how, you know, they made Better Off Dead and then they didn't, you know, accuse that. They want to make another movie with that guy, but he was contracted to. And it was all this drama and all that. But I love the movie still. I think it's all, I've always thought it was hilarious. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I think we've we definitely have talked about that uh, in the past. Um, 
I feel like One Crazy Summer and Nothing But Trouble are two movies we always just randomly bring up. You bring up Nothing But Trouble a lot. Way more than it probably should be brought up. I watched Nothing But Trouble on VHS when I was home for Christmas and back in Alabama. It was was nice. And VCR, Nothing But Trouble, I hadn't watched it in years. I talk about it more than I watch it. And then you just forget all the great zany things about it. And like fucking Tupac. Tupac is in there. Tupac. <laughs> that two pack, two pack, that rapper there back in the nineties. <laughs> two pack, yes. Well, if you didn't know it, folks, I am white. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my this every signing. I saw Jewel Murray this morning. It was pretty cool. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. He probably would have appreciated it uh, if you had like called out his name and it wasn't like, "Hey, Bill well, Murray." So the, when I first saw him. Just because I get them mixed up. I mean, I know it's not Bill, but I was like, "Oh, with Brian Doyle." That's the other. That's know. the that's the one I know. He does a lot of voice acting. Yes, yes. I was and so and I was like, Brian. And I was like, No, I don't think that. And then I was like, He's he's Joel. There's four Murray brothers I know about. You know, Bill or Brian, Bill, Joel, and then there's a young one, and he's in Scrooge. He's the brother character to Bill's character in Scrooge, but I cannot remember his damn name. You know, I. You have a brother. Um, I I have a half brother who's much younger than me. I always thought about what it would be like if I just had like had a bunch of brothers. Like how I would have turned out. I normally think about how life would have been if I was an only child. I don't think much would be different. Because no. you're definitely your mama's favorite. Well, now don't say that. My siblings might listen to this. I don't want to get them. They, they're, they're not. They don't <laughs> love you. <laughs> well, I don't know. We won't get anyway. Here we go. Now we're, we got this format we're going to follow, and we're doing so great. Don't that. be like telling them about that we like yeah, you're made right. a thesis. I want them to think that uh, everything we say is <laughs> intentional. And I'm so bad about breaking the fourth wall. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, so that was my story, and let's kick off. Well, first off, you know what? They're now we got to go right into it. Hot news, hot news today. Uh, we lost bad news. Bad news, yeah, bad news. Not not good news, but it is uh, something happened today. Um, just, we lost, I believe, Louis Anderson this morning, and I believe Meatloaf died last night. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I woke up to the news about Meatloaf. I like Meatloaf's music. Uh, I've always enjoyed his performances when I've seen them, but Louis Anderson is definitely a, a bigger blow for me because. When you're a weird fat kid and you grew up in the 90s and all of a sudden you turn on the TV and you're like, why is there a cartoon version of me on TV? Life with Louie. And it was amazing. Yeah. You know, Life Life with Louie came out uh, at a really great experimental time in like kids cartoons where they were just trying a bunch of different stuff. Uh, You know, yeah. Life with Louie, Bobby's World. Uh, you know, they were, if you're a comedian, you got, uh, a cartoon. Shit. There was a, there was a super Dave Osborne cartoon <laughs> and, uh, Bob Einstein, uh, his, his humor definitely was not kids humor. <laughs> so yeah, like any, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised Andrew Dice Clay didn't have a cartoon. <laughs> that been a great, but I mean, you're right. Like a. But, I mean, that goes back, like, even the Three Stooges had a cartoon show. Everyone, I feel like, when they get to the, a little career low, they're like, it's just cheaper if we draw you and put you on there. Instead of but, like, you know, when Life of Louie came out, like, that was at the height of Louie Anderson's yeah. 
it was career. He uh, was, I believe he did just his voice and the dad's voice, but that dad always kind of looked like a younger version of my grandfather, like those glasses and the flat top. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what was always amazing about his career was like how he he made such really good comedy about a pretty like tragic childhood. But isn't that what every comedian does? Yeah, but I think uh, his, you know, I think think a lot like kind of lean into the fucked upness, but I think he kind of leaned more into like I survived. Right. of it, which made it just a little, and he kept it pretty wholesome. Yeah, and it, I was just thinking because I don't know if you've done. I was looking at Twitter earlier today, and obviously, you know, when someone of the, not just the celebrity world, but I feel like when a comedian, someone of the comedic comedy world dies, like there's just so much more tweets, like it's very tight niche kind of like community, and like Polly Shore had like a tweet actually yesterday before Louis passed away. It was just like, hey guys, just keep. Louis and his family, your thoughts and prayers. Uh, I was just visiting him at the family at the hospital, like one last time, and like so you're like because he he ran the comedy store, had the comedy. So you know he's got a real close relationship to a lot of these guys that have been around. Yeah. But and comedy has taken such a huge, huge hit since 2020. Like we've lost so many legends, and even more so just in the past like what eight months or so. Like when yeah. we lost. McDonald and then Bob Saget and now Louis Anderson like kind of you know there's not the, they're not the big names that everyone knows but these guys are the ones that made people that make us laugh laugh their asses off you know, well, what you know what's interesting is they're kind of all part of like the same generation too right um it's like, it's like I guess we got used to like like Don Rickles and you know living to be like 90 <laughs> exactly you know or Milton Burrow, I think, lived to be a goddamn almost a hundred. Well, yeah, Bob, Bob Hope, Hope. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess we started to take for granted. It's just like, hey, comedians, either they like, you know, you had the ones in the eighties that like, uh, you know, died of of drug overdoses, and you had the fat ones. And everybody else pretty much, you know, lived a pretty long life. Well, like with Don Rickles and Bob Hope, that generation, you know, they came at a time where like. Women were probably you know, still drinking and smoking during pregnancy because all that wasn't out. So it was just making the babies tougher, you know. And the- it was making the babies tougher. That's some real Alabama uh, <laughs> science right there. You know, and then they grew up just chewing on lead paint. You know, that just, it just you know, death was just like the last thing. They were already greeted with like, you know, just a harsh life from being in the womb. Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't know. And, I, you know what's sad about uh, Louis Anderson is, like, you know, in the last few years, he's had uh, quite the career resurgence. Yeah, well, that's uh, some uh, um, Michael McKean. I saw his tweet today, and he was talking about how um, Baskets was such a great second act for Louis's career. And then he was, like, sad he didn't get a third. Yeah, um, but he did, like, <laughs> that is a great performance. Uh, I have not. I've watched a few episodes of the very first season that I trailed off. I was just thinking today, like, that's a good show. And I believe he won, like, a Golden Globe or Emmy for his performance. He did. And I was like, I really need to check that out. Yeah. Um, going going back to, to Meatloaf, because uh, I was actually a, a pretty big fan of his music. Um, I got introduced to it pretty young by my, my stepdad, who was a fan of Meatloaf. But... Um, 
And uh, well, a lot what what actually like went unreported last year was that uh, Jim Steinman, who was uh, the songwriter that partnered with Meatloaf for the Bad Out of Hells and wrote his biggest songs, he actually died last year and is like almost went unreported, and which was crazy because he, uh, you know, he wrote all these classic songs. He also wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm-hmm. It's all coming back to me now. Like. You know, he wrote some pretty big classics and um but you know growing up as like a I was a fat kid um you don't really like your your fat role models are usually like fat comedians and, oh. and you know and and they made their career like kind of making fun of themselves but like meatloaf was a really good singer who sang with really attractive women and he sang sexy songs and he just so happened to be a fat guy. So it was like, I can be a sexy dude, even if I am fat and not conventionally attractive in the face, but have a good voice. Well, you know, like Barry white, big yeah. old fat guy, but damn, did he know how to sing about love? Yeah. So that was like a song. And you're just like, I want to have sex with that guy. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care what he looks like. Yeah. He just, so that, your sex on the radio right now and I, i'm down so that was a pretty big uh um role model for me and so i always very white oh yeah very i know it. meatloaf well i think if you spent five minutes alone with me everyone should be able to understand who my childhood hero who my hero still is who i looked up to another great fat guy the one the only chris farley yeah, but like Chris Farley, you know, a, a, his his big shtick was that you know he, he was fat and he was fat and clumsy and sweaty and you know, and that that was the same like John Candy and, and pretty much any like fat guy actor comedian. Now, what, made, Meatloaf, what made Meatloaf different was that he was just he was a fat guy, but that wasn't really part of his identity. Now, like gonna... He was really he was the, the he was the long haired dude singing the rockabilly songs and the tuxedo shirt and just like rocking out and he just so happened to be a fat guy. Now also another hero that I love is John Candy of course but no John Candy and Chris Farley's comedic styles were totally different dude like Chris Farley yeah he's the loud in your face sweaty fat guy Candy was different he was always maybe a little smart assy or just like that charming uh, big guy you know but just like. Or like in Uncle Uncle Buck, you know, played a little slightly stupid, good street smarts. He never, he never was. I don't wasn't that loud and screaming of performances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was. I guess it's there's a difference between like being a fat guy performer and a fat guy comedian. Yeah. I, I tell you, when it just seems like, and I guess it was because he was mainly known for his voice. It seem like it was less of his identity uh and that uh you know i appreciated that and i kind of latched on to that and so uh you know for most of my life was just a huge fan of his music i listened to his music a lot it was just the other week i was listening to uh paradise by the dashboard lights see i'm bad i only know like the big big three hits um you know i would do anything for love bad out of hell and um Two out of three ain't bad. That's that's yeah. That's 
when it comes to meatloaf, that's mainly what I listen to. I don't know a lot of his stuff. I'm sorry. I'm going to fail you on this one. Yeah. You know, and we also, like, we haven't touched on, you know, Meatloaf had, uh, it wasn't a big movie career, but he did have a movie career, and he he did have a couple uh, memorable performances. I think the biggest one being uh, Fight Club. You know, whoa, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, let me get the mic close here. Just taking a little smoke break. All right. So for so Wooderson has upgraded his podcasting abilities, and he now has a lavalier mic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if it sounds slightly less shittier, uh, that's fine. Um, anyway, so Meatloaf. Okay, if you're going to talk about the movie careers, I know everyone wants to shoot right into Rocky Horror, and of course it was fucking phenomenal. It is phenomenal. It is a legend. Great performance. Great song singing and everything in there. But. You're talking about meatloaf movies, and I know some meatloaf movies. They all just came like, well, as soon as you do, I was like, oh, and there's a, I've watched one, like, in the past year or so. Man, is it hard to swallow. Starring Patrick Swayze, Randy Travis, and meatloaf. <laughs> Black dog, truck driving, 18-wheeling truck driving movie. Who doesn't want to sign up for that? <laughs> Have you seen this? But I, I never saw that one, but I know of it. <laughs> oh my God, dude. There's so many cringeworthy moments. And then, like, and one thing is, like, Randy Travis's character wants to be a country singer, but he can't really sing. Like, he's always singing an out of tune and it sounds horrible. And you're, I guess you're just supposed to be like, ha ha, that's funny. And it's just, and Meatloaf is like the, he's like the big uh, crime boss gangster character in this one. And he's also like a religious nut. So he's always like, in a southern, he's like doing like, you know, Proverbs 310 says, you know, what it, like shit like that. And then he shoots someone. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a movie you would love to watch with Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000 riffing it because they could chew the fuck out of that one. He, he, uh, he he had some stinkers in his filmography for sure. And, yeah, and you, you know, it was either, it was either like uh, a not great movie or a cameo. Like I remember in the, <laughs> With the Spice Girl movie, Spice World, he was like the bus driver. <laughs> I never saw. And I think he was in Wayne's World. Was, um, oh yeah, he's he's a he's the bouncer in Wayne's World when they're going to the club. They're going into uh, with Cassandra, right? The first time they see her perform, and uh, he's like, they're like, uh, how are these guys? Like, oh, they suck, man. And then it's like, oh, it's just not a clever name. Then I think like the band's called like the, the Shitty Knuckleheads or something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, he's the ba- he's the first bouncer in the movie, right? That's his character because yeah. Far is the yeah. security guard that has all the like the information. They're like he was very well informed for a security guard. <laughs> uh, and but hang on, no, we're on Meatloaf. We're on the movie. Let's stay on this track because I want the next movie. He I can remember that I do actually like. It's a, another really fun one, Formula Fifty One. Did you ever see that one, Rabbit? Yeah, Samuel Jackson. What's his name? The- oh yeah from full monty and uh, he was in once upon a where it's like samuel jackson has like the the really strong like drug yes yes samuel jackson is like he's made this like just out of your mind crazy i guess like new kind of like ecstasy type pill and once again like meatloaf is like a crime boss that wants him to like uh you know deal this drug for him and like everyone's after this this drug and like the, it's so fucking funny because like samuel jackson he goes over to the uk and he's like just wants to like sell this make a lot of money and retire so he can go like play golf and he's like 
I can't remember. Does he wear a kilt the whole movie, or does he just wear one like a majority of the time? But he, 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 he was his name was like the lizard, wasn't it? Huh? His name was like the lizard, wasn't it? And he had some like yeah. Did he get like burned early on? Yeah, meatloaf. Yeah, his name was like lizard. That's right. And he had like a fucked. His face was kind of fucked up, like and so it looked a little scaly, like a lizard. And uh, yeah, but Samuel Jackson, long ass like predator style dreads in a kilt, dealing little drugs. It's great, dude. It's it's a lot of there's a lot of fun in there, and it kind of reminds you of um, Train Spotting without all the super dark moments. <laughs> you like uh, like dead babies. <laughs> that and no one's digging in a toilet full of shit. Oh, see, you, you know, uh, you almost had me, but there's no the shitty scene. Shit, shit digging. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they don't dig in the shit. They yeah. shit. But yeah, for, so yeah, Black Dog, Formula Fifty One, of course, Rocky Horror, and um, I mean, and it, oh, he was uh, he played the like it was a really quick scene, but he was in the Pick of Destiny. He was like was, the dad. That was the next thing. Yeah, he was in Tenacious D Pick of Destiny movie because I went and saw that in theaters. I was I'm always been a big Jack Black fan. I like Ten- Tenacious D. And I remember watching maybe Conan or whatever Tonight Show they were on promoting the movie, and Jack Black talked about how big of a deal it was to have um, like Meatloaf not only in the movie but like singing. They're like he hasn't done. Well, during that like that that song, he had him, and then I think Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, Dio, can you hear me? I remember that that movie. I like that movie a lot. I mean, it's a funny, stupid stoner movie, but the music's actually pretty good. I love it. Yeah, it's just Tenacious D. They always had great music. Yeah, but they were like, they were saying like, it's just such a big deal to have Meatloaf. He hasn't sang yet, yeah. like Rocky Horror. So he had a, you know, he he had a career. He did, despite you know, I don't, you know, he uh, a, a fat kid uh, from from Texas named Meatloaf, and uh, he just should have had a cartoon show, and his career would have been complete. Ah, damn it, that would have been a good show. It would have. Yeah, like Meatloaf Meat and Friends. He's got a like a, a sidekicks a bat out of hell. <laughs> That'd be cool. Or maybe he's like fight Meatloaf Demon Fighter. You know the thing, like the the bat out of hell albums always had those like great uh, covers of just like uh, a motorcycle busting out of a grave or a guy on a motorcycle about to fight some kind of hell bat from <laughs> exactly the so- deepest darkest pits. <laughs> Well, maybe not a comic, but what about a meatloaf graphic novel? He's like fighting demons. That'd be cool. Let's write it. Yeah. All right. So there we go. We've talked about meatloaf. Let's keep it trucking. All right. Now uh, we can get into uh, what we've been watching. I definitely have a new show that I am just fucking in love with. Man, I'm sorry. I I know I say the F word a lot. That's um, we 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 don't have to. There's no censors. Yeah. We're not on a major network. We're not going to be picked up, and we're not going to have any sponsors. So you know, say fuck as much as you want. Uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure Meemaw will will understand. Yeah, we got we got to we got to appeal to the the kids. I just I know one name not coming off the prayer list. My name. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, you know, of course, you know, I feel like when we talk about what we're watching and then we're just like your same old podcast, like uh, everyone's talking about this shit right now. But you know what? Fuck it. I love it. Peacemaker, dude. Like, I just cannot get enough of Peacemaker. But also, I cannot get enough of the Suicide Squad movie. Like, I've watched it so many damn times. I love this. 
universe or this addition to the DCU universe that James Gunn has brought. And it's just amazing. And John Cena was absolutely born for this role. It's this show. If you're not watching Peacemaker, you're not watching the best show on TV. I knew it was going to be good. Uh, like I, I, I thought John Cena was funny for like 15, 20 years. Like I remember him like going on Conan when he was still just wrestling and him just being really funny and like, self-deprecating right um you know his his movie career it started out because i was reading like the trivia on imdb about peacemaker of course i already knew it and i I own it on dvd because the action isn't the action in it is not that bad it's pretty good action movie the acting's a little cringeworthy and the story's basic but his first movie the marine i don't know if you ever saw it honestly peacemaker seem it's almost like a parody of his like early career and, well, yeah, but you know, because like, it's just like it, it's just like makes fun of like the hyper Americanism, okay. the great hair band, the the soundtrack. James Gunn can build a soundtrack. Hang on, let me finish my thing real quick. So I'm saying the cool thing about so in the Marine, his wife gets kidnapped by these bad guys, and the bad guy, the gang of the bad guys, is led by Robert Patrick, and now he's in Peacemaker, where Robert Patrick is playing his father. So it's just kind of cool how like you know like careers can just like circle around like that one minute one minute you're watching them kill each other in this movie they could kill each other as well if you watch the show but kind of cool help that people bring back together but yeah dude can can we do a sidebar real quick and just like robert patrick has aged so terribly he looks like if if someone took christopher walken and put him in like a meat grinder (laughs) he looks bad you know at one love him i love him i i to praise Robert Patrick, and then I was like, "Oh, he's, I, I, he's great! I love him." Tag him in this, but now that you said that, he's one that kind of scares me in real life too. I feel like he would show up at our doorstep to kick our ass. Like, so you think it's okay to talk about Robert Patrick on a little shitty podcast? <laughs> like, and then he, he would like, then he had form like the the liquid metal like like spear, but it would be kind of flaccid because he's old. <laughs> kind of slap us with it. Oh God, dude! Uh, but you no, know, every time he pops up, he's a great character actor. Well, I honestly, when uh, when he came on in the later season of uh, the X Files, um, to kind of replace Mulder, uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. I know not so, not not so many people did, but uh, I enjoyed him on that show. I just enjoy him. I, 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 me too. I like that's that's main reason why I bought the Marine. I was like, oh, it's got Robert Patrick and the action looks pretty good. So fuck it, why not? And then they yeah. made multiple Marines, didn't they? But yeah, John Cena's only in the first one, right? He he did that. He did a movie Twelve Rounds, which I was like, this looks just like the Marine. I never saw that. And then he, I can't remember what else he's did. I think he just stayed with wrestling. But then I feel like what started getting him back, he came out in that movie, uh, Cock Blockers. Was that I can't remember if it was a Judd Apatow movie or not, or I know Leslie made. Oh yeah, yeah, we're trying to stop their their kids from having sex on prom night, right? So there's not an action movie, so it's all and he gets to be really funny in it, and he is, he's hilarious in it. He and he's in it, Leslie Man, and I always feel bad the dude who's like on oh, Mad TV and the Mindy Project is that goofy looking guy, but really funny. He's the security guard, the dirty uh, prison guard in the first um, Su- Suicide Squad movie, the one that like is gay. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that guy. I don't know his name, but. Yeah. Yeah, they're also they're the parents, and it's a really funny movie. And then I was like, okay, John Cena, like, because his acting, his acting from Cockblockers to the Marine, it, it like it has evolved greatly. Because Marine was pretty hard to, like I said, it's cringeworthy there. 
But uh, and then now, then he's come all the way, and then I watch him in Suicide Squad. I'm like, this is not even the same guy anymore. Like, he's just a totally different actor. And he watched the show, and I'm like, I'm just so impressed by him right now. Like, I really, I was on the trend. Like, if this show and like, and all the cast is great. I was like, these guys, like everyone, everything about this show needs to be nominated for like in, the Emmys and Golden Globe. Like, it's great. The soundtrack is great. Like, it's hitting on every level. Even like the cinematography and how they edit it. Like, it's James Gunn. When you see that name attached to a project you just need to go ahead and buy your tickets or plan on watching it and be unless you're unless you're a prude uh yeah. i was watching it with my girlfriend and she she's only like seen like guardians of the galaxy so oh. she doesn't really know like yeah james gunn's brand and so we get done with it and she goes that's a little low rent for james gunn i was like no that completely tracks with his humor if you've ever seen anything he's done like he's he's gross and crass and like you anyone- know right now bad taste i would say if you're a james gunn fan and you've never watched slither or super you're not a james gunn fan and actually super i still feel like it's just the best movie he's ever done it's just such a great movie you've seen it correct yeah no i've seen i've been a james gunn fan for uh, many many years and i I mean i love super it just uh, yeah like when you watch peacemaker it totally lines up with that style and i was like and um but the thing about James Gunn, you were watching it, and you, I was like, Peacemaker, I was like, oh, I know I'm going to get some, like, gory action stuff and probably some crude humor. But the one thing that James Gunn is so good at that I love that he, when he, like, he's like, all right, guys, get ready, because this is about to be the emotional scenes. Like, he knows how to put the heart in, in, his, in his scenes, you know what I mean? Like, he really is good at putting the heart in his stories there. Like, I remember, like, the first time watching, like, either Guardians 1, or maybe it was 2, like, in the, like, when the um, the chain by Fleetwood Mac started. I was tearing up a little bit. It's like, damn, you know, he really. He can it. use it. Like, he uses music great. Like, his soundtracks and all his stuff. This guy, I, and so, everything, that's what I'm watching. That's what I'm obsessing over. I'm watching Boba Fett, too. I'm, I mean, I like Boba Fett, but I'm, I'm in love with Peacemaker. Yeah, no, Peacemaker's. Uh, you know, I, what I love about John Cena's humor is how he'll just say the most off the wall things with a straight face. Like I, I, it was like a conversation he was having with another character where the other character was like, if it looks like a duck and walks yeah. like a duck and like, he just got so offended by that. <laughs> just so st- it's stupid, but he says it with such conviction. Like uh, it's, I love it. And so now to move on, cause we've already said that we've loved Peacemaker 50 times. Um, let's talk. I- Let's talk about Boba Fett, but not just not. I, I, you know, Boba Fett. It's not a letdown, but it's it's definitely. I'm getting a show that I was not planned for. I was definitely just thinking this is going to be some cool fighting and some sci-fi and shit like that. But I did not think I was getting like Boba Fett humanitarian for the same. <laughs> so it reminds me of there's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes and works for this guy uh, named Hank Scorpio. And he turns out to be, like, a James Bond villain. But he's, like, the most, like, reasonable, good boss. And, like, tries to foster, like, a really good work environment. And that's what Boba Fett feels like. It's, like, he's just, like... <laughs> it's it's more about him just trying to be, like, a reasonably good, like, crime lord boss. Like, the kind that you could probably call out sick and he'd be okay <laughs> you know and it, it's and it, here's the thing and people are like oh, this, this wasn't 
this is not my Boba Fett. And it's like, here's the thing about Boba Fett. He was, he has under seven minutes of screen time from the original trilogy. He has, I think, a total of like four lines. This isn't a fleshed out character. No. They've written, they've written some books and some comics and he may be using some video games, but it's, it was just a bunch of people just filling in, um, you know, the gray areas for it. It was a character with a cool mask who had a really stupid death and we don't really know anything about him. And so like, I'm sorry that when you were eight years old and you invented all these stories about him in your head and like now you're upset. That That's why I don't like discussing star Wars stuff because it has the most toxic fandom no one's ever happy, and then you can't even enjoy, you know, a show because they start complaining. Like they were complaining about, like they said that the the mopeds that those cyborg kids were were driving were were too shiny for Star Wars. It's like Star Wars can be anything. It's a made up world. Yeah, and and you don't, we don't have ownership on, over it. You know, it's <laughs> it's owned by Disney. They can do whatever the hell they want with it. And sorry, I'm coughing there, guys. Um. But no, what I want to say, and you like before those episodes one through three movies came out, like you said, Boba Fett's hype and fandom literally came from he was on the TV screen for seven minutes, but while he was up there for seven minutes, he looked cool as fuck, and everybody wanted the action figure. And that's where all the Boba Fett love came from because the action figure was so damn cool. Yeah, yeah Slave One's a cool ship, too. Like he had his oh. cool, and I mean, all of. All Mandalorian lore is based off of that, like, armor. Like, he... A lot of storylines came about because he looked cool. And with his character, the action figure sales for him particularly were just going out of the roof, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, George Lucas never thought that he was, like... He was a background character. And then, like, when he became, like, you know, the kind of... Got this cult following within the Star Wars fandom, then George Lucas went and he created the character of Jango Fett and the whole idea of the clone army of, around that. So, you know, more lore popped up from just his popularity. Uh, just looking cool. So he was someone who looked cool and now we have to fill in the cracks. Yeah. And people are like, like, do you want it to be like eight episodes of him just like killing people? Because he is killing people, but he's not like he's very humanitarian. Yeah, he's, he's like, okay, that's a bag. I'm gonna kill him, but I'm gonna yeah. like these kids. You want to come work for me? And yeah. It's like, look, look, he's got the like the the this was it the second episode or the third episode where he, he's fighting on the train. That's a really good. Yeah, uh, that was that's a really good scene. There's a a giant Wookiee bounty hunter that looks really cool. There's a Rancor. That thing scares the shit out Steven, of me. Steven Rude is in it. That Oh, you fucker. Uh, I was literally, that's what I wanted to say. I was going to say, at least though, Boba, has, Boba Fett has given me what I pretty much demand of any show, animated or live action, Steven Rude. When, when I hear that voice or I see that face, I'm like, this is at least going to be a good scene. I love Steven Rude so much. I, I wish, though, his character had been just like Buck Strickland in space. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, I run the water on Tatooine. 
Or gosh, damn, dude, I love Stephen Green. The, the cantina is named Sugarfoots. <laughs> See, these are things like I hope one day that one of us can really make it in the world. We can make some kind of project. Just work with these people at least one time. We always want to work with it. Stephen Root is on that list for me. Like Stephen Root, John Goodman, Dan Aykroyd. Robert Duvall, which I'm always scared I'm going to lose in. Like, and like, those are people I would love to just like be in a room with. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anywho, all right. 